0: This is the Unnamed Financial Podcast, a crash course in financial literacy. If you feel left out of the markets, join me, Matt Gregory, and stock market expert Peter Raschuti from Tulane University as we
1: navigate the basics of Wall Street. Nobody wants you to be living under the overpass when you're when you're tired. It's the employer doesn't want it, the government doesn't want it, you don't want it. So yeah. these are tremendous breaks on this week's episode what are
0: IRAs and this week on Wall Street we take a look at two train companies merging you heard that right choo-choo trains what their merger means for all of Wall Street and let's get into it joining us as always Peter Rashuti down in New Orleans afternoon Peter it's opening day here in Baltimore how are you doing down
1: there you know my originally from Boston so the Red Sox of my team and uh you guys swept us uh, last week, and I guess we're going to – this is kind of a revenge thing. The revenge is weird when both teams are bad. Yes. It, it's – like I said to you uh, in
0: an email, it's like a race to the bottom, although there are rarely winners in a race to the bottom. I think you get, like, minor bragging rights if you're just above the bottom.
1: <laughs> I think you do.
0: <laughs> so in addition to uh, looking at this new baseball season, uh, one of the things people have been talking to me about, uh, whether it's just in conversations or – even just curiosity, because even I know very little about this. um, We talked about 401ks, but there's another section of retirement investment that a lot of people aren't familiar with that commonly is mistaken for uh, Irish revolutionaries, the IRA. What is an
1: IRA? Well, when they broke away from the Protestants. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You had me going there for a while. It's It's an individual retirement account. And it's a it's pretty terrific. We're, I think we you know there's an IRA, traditional IRA and then there's a Roth IRA. You hear about two of them, and they're very similar. But I think we could go over the differences. Uh, remember with that 401k, it was between you and your employer. Mm-hmm. And I was mentioning that if the employer was going to match funds or kick something in, there's no better investment in the whole world. You're getting it's just money from from heaven, you know, the employer's side, but on an IRA, it's actually you contributing the money. And there's really, let's start with the traditional IRA. The traditional IRA is you can um, you take uh, money and you put it in this IRA account. So one of the things you need to know about, just like the 401k, is all of this is a two-step process. You're going to set up the account that's step one, and step two is what you're going to put in it. What are you mm-hmm. going to invest that money in? A lot of people think. get an IRA and that's it. And it doesn't work that way. So with a traditional IRA, you make a contribution. uh, You open that IRA account and you put the money in. And when you put the money in, whatever money you put in, which is limited to, I think, $6,000 a year right now, you get to deduct that off your income. So you're going to get a tax break to do that. And the reason all of these things that we're going to talk about, Matt, are out there is that nobody wants you to be living under the overpass when you're when you're tired it's the employer doesn't want it the government doesn't want it you don't want it. so yeah. these are tremendous breaks um but it's they're everybody's looking out for the, the same thing so let's say you put that money in an IRA you get to write if you made 100,000 last year and you gave six thousand dollars to your IRA uh for all practical purposes you made 94,000 this doll, this year so uh the deduction's very good and uh one of the things about it is the way it gets structured you put it in this account and it's a tax-deferred account. So you get the tax um, tax benefit when you open the account. And then the money, all that money, that you, uh, the interest, the dividends, the contributions each year, grow tax-deferred. So if they weren't in an IRA, they were in a regular brokerage account, every year the government would ask you how much you made uh, and take that part away. Like uh, take, you know, let's say that you, you made $100 in dividends. Well, the government's going to want like $35 dollars there and you're going to oh. have 65 dollars to keep reading but an IRA it's uh it's all enclosed they can't get to it and that's really the key and so at the end you have to take you have to begin taking money out um you can start taking money out uh by 59 and a half and then you have to have to begin take start and take money out by the time you're 70 and a half now the big thing people talk about is that that is the, the traditional IRA is really best if you think that when you retire, you'll be in a lower tax bracket than you are now. Because mm-hmm. when you go to take that money out, the um, the money you put in, the interest and dividends, all that when it starts to come out will be taxed at that tax bracket. And this is an impossible decision, Matt, because to try to figure out what your tax bracket's gonna look like in 30, 40 years if you're a young, young person, um, you know, you don't know how much you're gonna earn. And then you don't know um, what the government's gonna do with tax rates. So, so that's the traditional IRA. And, um,
0: and, and so just, you know, for a little bit of clarity for people who might be confused, why would you do this over say, um, just putting your money into a savings account
1: and hoping it accrues? It, it's all because this money has been uh, basically put in a safe so the government can't get to it. And the okay. fact that and it makes such a big difference to let that money earn money, those interest and dividends are earning upon themselves, and uh, and it makes a huge, huge difference. So that um, that's the traditional IRA, and then you know many years after that, they created the Roth IRA, which is was created by Philip Roth, the author. No, it was not. It was, uh, <laughs> it's not true. In the it's not the Irish Republican Army. You have me going there, though. But it's um. It's the Roth IRA was created. It's, it's a little bit different. You can still put in that amount of money each, uh, each year. All of that works out. Uh, but the difference is that you don't get to deduct that money you just put it in. So you don't get the tax benefit of putting $5,000 in your IRA. Uh, instead, you get a different benefit. You get the benefit that all this money grows and grows and grows. And when it comes out, it is, um, it is actually uh, non-taxed. It is untaxed, so you don't get the tax benefit in the beginning. But the traditional IRA, when the money comes out, it's uh, it's been tax deferred for a long time, and then when it comes out, you're gonna have to start paying taxes on it. But the Roth IRA, um, you didn't get the tax break up front, but all that money comes back to you tax free. So it's um, it's pretty it's pretty difficult. By the way, the numbers on that are. If you're in a, a Roth IRA, you can con, uh, contribute $6,000 a year and 7,000 if you're over age 50. And uh, same, same kind of thing with, uh, with both of them, the Roth and the uh, traditional IRA. So um, it's a big decision. Uh, I think one of the things you, you, you have to uh, factor in is, uh, is, is that second part of the decision. What are you gonna do with that money? And uh, first of all, you can open this account at a brokerage firm or a bank. And then it's still that step two. What are you going to do with it? And we talked about most people go into mutual funds. And uh, the key there is these no-load, low-load mutual funds. You see them everywhere. Um, then you see these index funds that could be tied to the S&P 500. It could be tied to the smaller stocks, the Russell 2000, something like that. Yeah. But that's step two. And the other thing is, um, the other thing, I, and I was going to it, bring it up, Matt, even though it's not what we are talking about early, is something called the uh, – uh, the, the SEP IRA, the SEP IRA is the uh, simplified employee uh, pension IRA. Now this is for people um, that do something on the side or they're, um, they're, or they're self-employed. That's what that's about because and it gives you a very different look at things. You can, you can put in uh, up to a quarter of your earnings. So let's say you made a hundred thousand dollars you could put $25,000 in that account. That's wow. a really wide open uh, amount. You can see, you could start to attract some, uh, grow some pretty significant money very, very quickly. And it, it, it maxes out at about 58,000 is all you can put in if you're making, but boy, if you're making 400,000 a year, that's probably not your biggest problem. No. You know, no. You're, you're, yeah, you're uh, you're fine. Nobody's, it'd be very difficult for you to complain actually. I think, you know, when I when I used to be the assistant state treasurer, one of the things, I was that guy that you see on TV, along with the state treasurer, that would hand the winner the giant styrofoam check. That was um, that oh, was my wow. job. Yeah, it was very cool. And um, and so one of the things now now you can get a uh, immediate payout, but when you had to originally, um, you could get the long term payout. It would be about um, you know twenty years or thirty years. You get a certain amount every month. And uh, I always remember because the way it worked was, let's say you won $100,000. Well, 40% of that goes to the federal government. So now you get $60,000. Uh, and so the, the person, you know, would come into your office saying, can I have that check for 100000 And it's like, well, geez, you know, it's um, it's not really 100000 It's sort of like 60000 And then it's like, man, I'm mad. But uh, and, okay, give me the check for 60000 You go, well, you know, that's the thing. It's another 5% for the state. So, um, you know, i got to give you $55,000. Uh, and, you know, first of all, I used to laugh because um, we'd joke about it. I wonder if those people will get angry. And I thought, if the lottery winners were on the stairs of the state capitol complaining, people would go, get lost. Yes. you know, you won. It's like, there's no, there's no need to have that discussion.
0: No you know just for verification's sake you can't actually cash that gigantic comically large sized check
1: yes yes i always thought that would be the greatest scene is to let them have the styrofoam check <laughs> they were backed up in my office but that really would be it would be just perfect and you know this whole retirement thing matt uh, i know it from a lot of different angles um first of all i was one of those guys that started putting money away when i was very young even though i didn't have much money and we should stop really here, Matt, and say that not everybody can say, I'm going to take this money and put it away for a mm-hmm. long period of time, because there's significant penalties if you go to take it out early. So it's in some sense, you've got to have a certain financial uh, footing to be able to participate in, in something like this. But this, the best example I have of retirement is for a number of years, I was the investment instructor for the New Orleans Saints players. It was... Um, It was a real hoot. And um, did I ever tell you about this, Matt? I think, I don't know if anyone who's listening has heard it, but,
0: you know, doing retirement for the Saints players, what is that like?
1: Oh, my God. That was just amazing because these guys, first of all, they make very different amounts of money. I mean, the guy, the quarterback's in the front row and he makes Mm -hmm. like, million a year and then you go to the practice squad and they're making like a dollar 95 an hour or something so it's a very (laughs) very kind of and being beaten up where the quarterback's not being beaten up so but yeah it's uh and it's very interesting because um they were first of all they a lot of them did not have any financial background as you can kind of imagine and then the other is that they were very skeptical because so many of these players got taken by agents and all that so um our job was they created a voluntary pension plan for the nfl players The players would put in $20,000 pre-tax. The NFL would match it with another $20,000. That was put into a tax-deferred account, and they got a choice of mutual funds. And uh, you know, after one year, out of every NFL team has 53 players, and on average, three players participated. So, um, you know, everybody's in the same boat in terms of uh, saving money for the um, for the future. But it makes such a huge difference. And in fact, one thing I say to the students. And I know they don't believe me because they're twenty-one years old, but you know, they don't believe really a lot of what I say. So this goes right in, right in there. But um, particularly when we um, they keep drifting me over to GameStop, which is really not where I'm going in this class. So uh, it's, uh, but yeah, and you know I always tell them that the way you end up is not how much money you made, but how much how much money you you have, and that's mm-hmm. a very different thing. You know, it's like you see these guys on Wall Street. I have former students, and they're making a million dollars a year. And they have nothing. They, the way they live between an apartment in New York and the a, a parking space, and everything, they have nothing. I remember when I first uh, started in the business, I had a college roommate that made like 10 times what I did in New York, uh, and I was in Boston. And I told him about a good stock idea, and, and I said, you ought to buy some. And he goes, oh, that sounds great, I, you know, if I had any money. And I was thinking, yeah. how on earth is this happening, you know? And, and uh, you know, if you keep making a lot of money and you don't save something, you're, just, you're a gerbil on a treadmill. Yeah, it's like a a golden plated treadmill, but you're still you're still a gerbil. That's the important part of the story.
0: You you know, well, there's some stat and I'm sure it's um, changed over uh, the last 10 years. But I remember seeing it was uh, I think 80 percent or 85 percent of NFL players go bankrupt. um, Yes. Within a couple of years of retiring. I think it's five years of retiring. Yeah, So there is that there is this incentive, you know, even for them who you would think would be untouchable to put that money aside and move it. But like you're saying, you know, you have your, your SEP IRA, your IRA, your Roth IRA. Um, one of the things that I think people really kind of wrestle with, or maybe don't fully understand, and you can kind of shed some light on this is once you have put that money, you've opened up the IRA, then you're putting money into the IRA. You're not just putting it in there to sit, you're putting it in there to invest. So Absolutely. what can people do with that? I know for myself, for example, I have a Roth IRA and it's in stocks. Um, but what can other what can you do in terms of how does that what's that process look like and then what should people be looking at
1: well first of all the, the government protects you from yourself a little bit it, it there's a wide variety of things you can invest in but all the like this people go you know i'd like to put the whole thing in pork bellies like that <laughs> government says no no that's not what we're gonna do <laughs> so i gave you this tax break and you're not gonna blow it so uh So, but almost everybody should go into form of a a mutual fund and uh, like I think stocks, I think are fascinating, um, but they don't, it it takes a, it's a full-time job to be looking Mm -hmm. at. But these mutual funds, I'd be looking at those, a diverse, first of all, to diversify. So if you would decide to go to index funds, let's have one index match the S&P 500, another one maybe match a bond index. Um, another one, maybe the smaller companies, the Russell 2000. And here's one key that people forget about, is to set it up, you just ch- check a box. The mutual funds spun out $100 in dividends. It, you don't want that laying around anywhere. You want that immediately buying new shares. And uh, that is what makes this money really, really grow. It's money on money. And uh, that's, um, that's a big mistake uh, people make all the, all the time. So we wanna be diversifying. We don't wanna be paying a lot in fees. And um, and we want to be reinvesting the interest in the dividends. If, if you could only think of those three things, um, that would be a, a huge advantage. And everybody is sort of surprised. I know the market downturns, but just how it grows. Particularly, it seems to me that the investments you do best in are ones you don't look at Yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And by the way, you can change the investments in a fund. I, I go crazy when people do that too much, though. Find some good investments and just stick with them. You're just going to spin your own wheels there.
0: Yeah, one of the things you've said many times to me is, uh, you know, when you're looking at stocks, you can diversify the stocks all you want, look at everything you want, but the S&P index fund always, generally, 90% of the time beats whatever your diversification is.
1: Yeah, it's like 70%. It's very, um, well, I mean, it's, it's it'll beat it'll beat a, Uh, In fact, that's another different way to think about it. 70% of the time it'll beat active managers, the people Mm. you've paid quite a fee for and they're they're running around. They just can't seem to beat the index. And um, so I would take that index approach for the diversification. So if you were going to, you said, I get some large company stocks, I want to be involved in that, buy a, a Standard & Poor's 500 index. Those are all large companies. You say to yourself, I don't want to be all in large stocks because sometimes small stocks do better. You go ahead and buy an index of the Russell 2000 index. Uh, you a bond fund. You want something to, to match in there. And you know, basically what you want to, I'll tell you the great thing about reinvesting the interest and the dividends, Matt, is um, it helps you out psychologically. And if anybody, you and I need psychological help. So this yeah. is- this That part. has been proven uh, several times now. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is when the market gets clobbered, um, you know, you think, oh, my God, you know, I'll never retire and everything like that. But one of the things, the, the offset is that you always have money being rein, reinvested. You've got uh, the dividends, and the interest getting back in and buying more shares all the time. And now that the market's been clobbered, you're able to buy those shares at lower prices. So it's called dollar cost averaging. And the, other, the flip side of that is psychologically the market goes up. You think that's great. But in the back of your mind, you know, all these interest and dividend pieces are only going to buy, they're going to buy stock at higher prices than that fund than you did before. So it's a way to feel good at night um, to work. And I think that's the key. That's the key. And by the way, I want to tell you a big success story. Obviously with the Saints, I had some success stories and um, some not so successful stories and uh, won't name names, but yesterday they did an interview with Alvin Kamara, who's our unbelievable running back back. (laughs) and he was talking I don't know how this conversation came up in the interview but he has never spent a penny of his NFL earnings and he doesn't plan to he invests some of it and said and basically all he spends is the endorsement money Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking somebody he said it was his you know his mom had to work three jobs and he kind of learned the value of a dollar but I mean somebody who's advising him is doing the right thing
0: there is a um, and i am going to anecdotally do this cuz i don't know the specifics like you do but there was a first round pick from the university of maryland uh, when i was there named darius hayward bay and darius okay. hayward bay was like the fastest you know receiver in the draft that year i think is it was back before they did these uh, caps for the rookie salary so he got from the raiders like 28 30 million something like that and we all found out over the next five to six years that his mother had taken all of his money and put it in a trust fund that spit out $10,000 um, every four months, something like that. Wow. So even though he never became, he never lived up to his promise as an NFL receiver, never had another big contract, he still has the bulk of that $28 million and it's been, it's been reinvested and it's you know, now been 10, 15 years of a career where he's probably only spent $10,000 every four months or so.
1: That is so great. You know, it's um, you know, I think it's, if we waited another month, this would be a great Mother's Day piece. Right. You know, what moms can do it's uh, and moms. you know, you and I are having such a good time with this retirement and sports. Uh, one of the great, every baseball fan talks about is the Mets. Um, signed Barry Benilla to a contract, and it was Bar- like Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, Barry, they Bobby Bonilla for uh like thirty years, and uh, but. You know, and every day – I guess May 1st in New York is is, um, is Benia Day because mm-hmm. he gets another check, and they're like, nobody remembers him playing now. Um, but that is a good example. That worked out – I bet that worked out great for him. Where, where he, gets, movie.
0: Yeah, he, he had that big con- – I think the contract was really only like $14 million the Mets owed him. It wasn't a whole – I mean, it's a lot yeah. of money, but not a lot in right. the scheme of things. And uh, the Mets were having issues. They wanted to pay other players. So they said, what if we take this $14 million and we extend you for thirty years, you know, one million dollar a year because to them that was chump change. And, and then you know, the Mets actually end up going bankrupt. They still have to pay Bobby, and he's getting paid till twenty fifty. He hasn't played baseball in twenty years. It's funny. Uh,
1: that's so. so i That's great. So I have many many years to celebrate this.
0: Yes, and, and
1: I'm, he, that's looking that's... for. I guess if you were of uh, a different political bent, May Day would be you know, May 1st, but let's make it Bonilla Day.
0: Bonilla, yep. the perfect part about it is it's a great retirement account. It's a great retirement, rather, story for him. <laughs>
1: you know, he ought to be doing ads for Fidelity or something. <laughs> that would be uh, following that green line. That would be so cool. Right,
0: so, <laughs> so one of the things that I've been curious about, and maybe um, you're the person to ask about this, is let's say um, – within my Roth IRA, I've got a stock or I've got a mutual fund. And now I want a, a mutual fund index. And I want to, I've decided I don't like that one anymore. I want to move it to another one. You can change your contributions, but if I want to sell um, a stock or so, do I pay taxes on that inside the shell of the IRA?
1: No, you're not going to um, pay until the end. Okay. Uh, you're going to stay in the shell. One of the problems is though, is that in our accounts, if in normal accounts, if you An investment just doesn't work out. You sell it, and one of the saving graces you're saying, as you're muttering under your breath, is, "I'm going to get this. I'm going to be able to write this off, this loss." But see, if you have a loss in one of those retirement accounts, you can't write it off because it's it's sealed in there. Mm -hmm. And even when it comes out, it's it's nothing. It's just the difference in the amount of money you have to come out. So that's why a lot of people don't think you should speculate or trade very much in those funds. Um, cause you're, you you do not get the, um, you don't get the little kicker that helps you out in a, in, in a bad, in a bad market. So I think the other thing, by the way, Matt, I've forgotten to say this earlier. Um, if you have a 401k at work, you can still have an IRA or a Roth IRA. Um, you can, you can't, you can no longer, let's say you went into a traditional IRA, you can still have one. You no longer can take the tax deductibility of it, but oh, okay. still have it. And, um, and in fact, you know, if you were working, working for somebody and you were doing something on the side, you could have a 401k there. Then you could have an IRA. And then the money you earn on the side, you could actually uh, put some of that in a SEP IRA. Oh, So wow. you would be, I mean, you're going to be scared. You might be eating cat food out of a can at the end of the month, but boy, will you have savings. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everyone's Every feline family. not so great about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'll say, you know, Matt, he's a, he's a pretty good guy, and uh, but you know, he's got a lot of retirement plans.
0: Yeah, a lot that of would retirement be the,
1: plans. That would be that would be your appeal in the in the dating world. <laughs> <laughs> you would. That's how you would open in a bar. Yes. Matt Gregory, and uh, maybe you want to see some of my retirement plans.
0: You want to see that my be- retirement plan and talk about it over some cat food? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, great merger of those stories, man.
0: So, um, you know, I think it's a pretty good covering of IRAs and, you know, how they work, what the uh, process is. Um, I didn't have a lot of time this week to look into the uh, the actual market. But what I had seen was that after last week where we saw that, like, jump, drop, things seemed to be kind of up again. What did you see this week in the market? Or are there any stories financially that have kind of taken hold in your mind over the course of the week?
1: I, I think one thing I'm seeing is... After a, um, after a period where we weren't seeing, we're seeing a lot more mergers and acquisitions. Hmm. So that to me is telling us that companies don't believe stocks are that expensive. Or, or let's put it another way, if they're buying stock, if they're buying a company with their own stock, they're saying, I don't know, this company is kind of expensive to buy, but I'm giving them, I'm buying it with my own expensive shares. And I need this company. They're, they're going to fit a, a hole I need. And so that's what I think the big thing is. The um, And the other thing that happened that's really big this, this, uh, this week is that the government decided, you know, after 0809 when they had to bail out all the banks, there were a lot of provisions to keeping the banks alive. And one of the big, big ones was you couldn't be buying back your own stock, um, you know, after I bailed you out or whatever. And now yeah. that's, that's going away. So you're starting to see banks buying a lot more of their uh, uh, their own stock. But um, the big merger that I saw this week um, that I just thought was so funny. I, in fact, I got this is a great story, Matt, compared to the way I invest versus my current students there. I had an alum come to see me, and we go out to have coffee, and he's in venture capital out in San Francisco. And he's, you know, wheeling and dealing and these names of companies companies I've never heard of and IPOs that will never earn any money and all this stuff. And he says, um, he says, uh, what do you, what are the, what about the more traditional stocks? And I said, well, you know, last week it was a pretty big deal because Kansas City Southern was bought out by Canadian Pacific. And I said, and Kansas City Southern, the rail runs north, south, and all the rest of them run east, west. So people always want, and he looked at me, Matt, I can't make this up. This is the generational difference. He says like a like a train train, and I go like a choo choo. I thought, oh my god, what it was like? It was like he felt bad for me, you know. It's like <laughs> my professor thinks it's 1910, and then we were right near a railroad uh, in New Orleans, and I'm like saying I finally had a point. I said, you know, the people that are pulling those freight cars, you know, I'm thinking like <laughs> I don't think. You know, it had been since um, what's uh, who was that guy? The. Vanderbilt. Uh, uh, wooden train set you would buy. Oh, uh, oh, Thomas and the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank Engine. I think that's what he thought I was talking about. It was very. <laughs> I went home and had to take a he nap. Thought,
0: he looked There's at a... you and he was like, oh, Percy and Thomas are merging and Sir Topham Hatt oh, is, right, right. you
1: know, overseeing oh it all. God. So, Professor Schutte, you're now shunting, is that it? The shunting of cars. <laughs> there was a, always a weird word in the show. Do you remember what's great about that show, Matt? Was the narrators were, according to which show, was mm-hmm. George Carlin, who was like my hero, and Ringo Starr. Two people who should never talk to children we're running a children's <laughs> show. Oh wow. So was
0: that the big merger of the week, Kansas City and uh, wow. yeah
1: yeah and it's you know it's like zillions of dollars. you know it's not like it really is Percy taking over Mr. Topham hat. It's like it's really, some of these big traditional deals are really um, are really coming along and I think that and the share buybacks are they were kind of on ice for a long time. And they seem to be warming back up, so we'll have to, we'll have to see. And uh, of course, he wanted to talk to me about Bitcoin, yes. while I was talking about Percy and Mr. Topper. I out, think so. one
0: day we should try to get someone who understands, you know, sort of like who can explain Bitcoin to you and I, explain how it works in yeah. investment. We'll do like a three-way thing. I gotta, I gotta look into that. But I was thinking that for next week, in the spirit of Bitcoin, which I believe is, sort of a high. Um, tech version of a Ponzi
1: scheme. We should talk about Ponzi schemes next week. So why don't we do that? We'll talk about Ponzi schemes and um, and Charles Ponzi. Because, you know, people forget. That's how these things get named. There was really a guy. You know what? And um, how he did it. And, and ever since then, any kind of uh, questionable financial deal has always been called a Ponzi scheme. I, I feel bad for Charles, really. He was just in charge of one bad deal. And every... <laughs> He's blamed for everything. And, you know,
0: every time someone says it, I can't help but think like that's, you know, people are more familiar sometimes with Charles Ponzi, Italian-American, than, you know, most other Italian-Americans who who did a lot of good things too. (laughs) That's right. It says, I can't name a U.S. senator, but Charles Ponzi. We're not all mob scenes and, uh, you know, money-grabbing schemes.
1: No, absolutely. In fact, every week we ought to bring in Somebody that's, you know what we should talk about one week, Matt, is the, the thing we talk a lot about in class. It's the hottest subject out there is ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, how people are now want to invest, use, uh, reflecting their own values. Mm. In terms of, and at some point, we should talk about that because it is a, it's a big deal. And, uh, the, and the reason it's so big, Matt, is that every generation wants, cares more and more about their, putting their values where their money is. And what we're gonna see in about 20 years is the greatest wealth transfer in the history of the free world. All of the people that, you know, the people of that of a certain age are gonna die off and give that money to their kids. And you're gonna have a whole generation wealthier than anybody in the history of the planet. And so, yeah. So that would look at the two subjects we have going up. People should continue to tune in.
0: So Ponzi schemes next week, and then we'll look into the wealth transfer uh, and that's uh, approaching. In the next 20 years. I think that's a pretty good one. So Ponzi schemes, yeah. We'll see you next week, Peter, and thank you all at home for listening.